Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Southern California, Joey Nocho Prano. Hello, Andrew. Good afternoon, Joe. How's it going? It's even afternoon out here. It a is. little bit of a late start today. Yes, my apologies to the Dirtball fam on that. We uh, we have a little health issues with Roscoe, so. Need all those good vibes, Roscoe's way. He, he's battling pancreatitis. Pancreatitis? 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 I don't know. Is that? I, I think that might be what it is. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, it's you know, it's fairly serious. So, I was in the vet for like three hours today with him and uh, my girlfriend. So, I think he's gonna be all right though. We just gotta get him on the right diet. He, he domestic life, man. HVAC problems. Pet health paint the house here we go well oh, yeah. we're, we're all we're all you know pulling for roscoe i'll pray nice. i'll pray to jacob Degrom tomorrow night during his start for for him to bless roscoe with the health well i think i think he'll be good he's a trooper and he's a uh you know he's still he's still his rambunctious self but lots of a lot of pressure on roscoe with him with you guys now moving into the house of roscoe and maybe that was it yeah. I mean, new surroundings. Doesn't have his his go-to spots. That's that's the big curiosity. Like what's going to be his go-to spot in a new pad? You know how dogs yeah. have their go. You know how of like course. Vince loved getting on top of the, the couch? top of the couch, yeah. And that's Roscoe's move too. It's like dead on same thing. I'll be curious like what's going to be the move in the new house. But the bad news for him is we've learned it's probably related to human food. And I guess as dogs get older and he just turned 11, that's where they can get this problem from human food. They're the like, stop is- feeding Roscoe Taco Bell, Andy. Basically, basically, which is going to be a big bummer for him. Yeah. But, uh, you know. You're like one cheesy gordita crunch for me, one cheesy gordita crunch for Roscoe. <laughs> when you said I had Taco Bell yeah. last week, last Let's week. Let's go. Ruth back. No, dude, it's so funny. It was, it was the first night in my house and I have no food. There's nothing. I'm in the burbs, right? Nothing's open late, but there's a Taco Bell that's open late. And I regretted it the minute I ate it. Like, like the old Andy regretted it maybe the next day. The new Andy regrets it like five minutes, if that later. Just saying, what am I doing to my body? I hate, like, I hated myself going to bed that night. Just the look of disgust. And just, I felt vibe. Like, you need to take a shower. There, there's certain foods that Did you overdo it because Taco Bell yeah. doesn't really make yeah. you feel I'll be, near, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. There That's you go. Why. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. That's why I as didn't... far as far as fast food goes, like if I go to Taco Bell and I get a couple tacos, like 
yeah, you don't feel great after, but it 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 doesn't hit me like some other things. Like it it doesn't even come close to like if I if I go to McDonald's, I feel way worse after McDonald's. Yeah, like like it uh... Don's. I only call it Don's now, thanks to Nick D'Alessandro. <laughs> I only call it Don's now in mocking Nick D'Alessandro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, well, I was. I love that. I, I love that Nick D'Alessandro is Nicky D, and everybody in the world calls McDonald's Mickey D's, except Nicky D, who calls it Don's. That's a good point. We've never really discussed that. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm glad you brought him up. I'm going to check in on him. Yeah, see how he's doing. Big news today, though. We finally, after a year plus, have a suspension for Deshaun Watson. It happened. And it was only six games. Yeah. This is this is all very... It's the whole thing. There's so many twists and turns, and there's so much, like, misinformation, disinformation, all the kinds of things. Obviously... The Texans have settled with the women. Uh, Deshaun Watson has not. Um, last year, wasn't suspended, just sat out the year, was kind of said he would never play for the Texans again. So then the Texans, you know, basically asked him not to participate. He, he misses the whole year, gets paid for the whole year, wasn't suspended last year. That's that's, that's a great point. I would say that, that's a good point. It's like you almost I forgot. You forget about that. Before Not all this suspended went down. last year. Just said he wasn't gonna play for the Texans anymore. They were like, Oh, okay, well, you were also sexually assaulting dozens of women, so we're fine with that. But we're gonna pay you because we're not suspending you. I'm assuming because they were trying to move him, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um in the end, gets six games. The NFLPA, which is the Players Association, um, said they're not going to challenge any ruling uh, prior to the ruling that came out. They were not going to challenge it no matter what. Which was announced last but night. But the league we, has... Yeah. Right. We can only the assume... League they, they, says, yeah. Sorry, I was going to yeah. say, we can only assume they knew it was only going to be six games. Right. Hence they uh, but said the, that. The league has not made a statement as to whether or not they would appeal any suspension. But then you're also like, well, everything we know about the NFL is why would they? They don't. They give a less of a fuck than the players' association normally. Um, so I'll just say this from from the top of my head: all the NFL cares about is money. And and if you haven't realized this, then I don't know what sport you're watching. The bottom line for the NFL is revenue and the game must go on. We've highlighted this time after time again. What affects their bottom line? At the end of the day, Deshaun Watson is a star on the field. So I would argue the NFL wants him on the field. All this negative backlash has never, ever affected the NFL. Yeah, the NFL has never once considered... Um, except maybe in the Colin Kaepernick situation, how it makes their fans feel, which is very interesting. The the letters that they're going to get, which yeah, which is something you know that I I bring up all the time when we hear about suspensions in the league. But I think with this particular situation, it's like, um, you know, the thing to avoid when you're talking about this, and I think I think for some reason it's like the 
headline grabbing tweet clout chasing thing is to always make a comparison. Ridley got a year for gambling. Uh, Deshaun Watson's only getting six games. Ray Rice got, two, you know, whatever. Ben Roethlisberger got this. This guy got this. Uh, people love to do, you know, Ridley for gambling, Josh Gordon for smoking weed. And then you come to, you know, oh, these guys who are sexually assaulting people aren't getting nearly as much, which of course is, you know, the kind of the signature move for the NFL to that, that constantly embarrasses itself and shows that it doesn't care about people and doesn't care about women and doesn't care about like really any of these guys actions off the field, no, any of that stuff. But, um, and then obviously the count, the Cal and Kaepernick situation comes up all the time, which is we can talk about all of these things and how absurd the NFL is in gambling and domestic violence and drunk driving and sexual assault, blah, 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 blah. And of course the, the guy who got suspended for life was the one who had an opinion. So yeah, that's the thing. But, but that kind of seems to always be the go-to kind of clout chase thing. But in this situation, if you go through the actual, you know, ruling, I think there's more things to be upset about here in terms of the way this was handled. So they get uh, a judge to, um, you know, kind of an arbitrator to rule on the case. Now, uh, now, I, now look, look, quickly, she was chosen and agreed yeah. upon by both the NFL and the NFL Players Association, which is very key. Yeah. So they agreed on her, on Judge Robinson, going in. And obviously, right. they, they chose a female. That was not random. I think they right. chose a female hoping gender bias would play a role in this. So the, if you go to Pro Football Talk, they have a great thread. And it starts with Judge Robinson applying the quote preponderance of evidence standard, which means more likely than not found Watson violated the PCP in three. That's the player, you know, contact, con, you know, um, player. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, player conduct policy, conduct policy. Yes. In three different ways, nonviolent sexual assault, posing a danger to safety and well-being of another undermining the integrity of the NFL. This is where it gets really interesting. The NFL submitted a 215-page investigation report and introduced evidence regarding five accusers. One was based on a media report, and Judge Robinson excluded it from the record. So there were four accusers who were claims who were considered. So don't this is this is like immediately where you get into like what what? So four people are being considered. Yeah, out of you know 24 or more. Uh, that have accused him. Four of them have been considered in this. So just keep in mind that this ruling is for six games based on his conduct with four people, even though he was accused by 24 or more. Now, let me ask, was that only the four women that he didn't settle with? No, because he has not settled, correct? No, he has. He settled with the majority okay. of the women. He has. He has. Correct. I know the Texans did settled with he had, everybody. He, ha he has as well. Okay. So, but here's, uh, so you go down. So keep, keep in mind again, four people, judge Robinson found that Deshaun Watson, a intended to cause contact with his penis. B 
did so for sexual purposes and C knew such contact was on unwanted. So a judge ruled. Okay. So, he did so hold all on, hold three on, of hold those on real things. quick. Sorry. Yeah. I hate to cut, cut, cut you off. Yeah. I think I'm correct. So Watson has settled with 20 of the 24 women. I don't okay. know again, which do the math is, is this the other four? Right. I would assume so. I don't know if I'm correct in that. Right. So a judge ruled he did. He caused contact with his penis, did so for sexual purposes, and knew such contact was unwanted. Okay. So essentially, a judge ruled he sexually assaulted four women. And for the record, late breaking news, which I did not see until now, of those four, he has settled with three today. Wow. So there's one remaining unsettled of the 24. These but are the just the civil is, again, lawsuits. The, again, the, the other thing is like, should that matter whatsoever? Look, these things bring out such strong opinions, obviously, from people. I agree you shouldn't compare. It what shows how ridiculous the league is, but you should never compare a Deshaun Watson to a Calvin Ridley. It's apples right. to oranges. Right. One, because what did I just say? The NFL, this is the NFL stance. And all these, like you said, and that's the perfect way of putting it, clout chasers. These people are idiots across the board if you bring up the Calvin Ridley thing. The NFL bottom line is money. Deshaun Watson can sexually assault or murder a hundred people. That doesn't affect their bottom line. You know what affects their bottom line? If they're worried about the game being tampered because someone's betting on it, that is money. That's Calvin Ridley. Okay. Like he's the prime example right now that everybody's using. If it's not affecting their bottom line, the NFL does not care. Like you said, it does not care. Now they thought Colin Kaepernick might be affecting their bottom line. So they obviously blackballed him and were proven guilty in a court of law by settling. So that's all we need to look at. And and anybody who's so upset, guys, they've never cared about women ever, ever. And maybe I'm a piece of shit because I am to the point, like I've said, where I, I like football. I can't really complain about it if I watch it. That's your only out for everyone out there, all the talking heads. If you have a problem with this, don't watch. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. This this, this isn't me justifying it, but I just think, Joe, that like they've never gotten it right. Right. Like, give me me an instance where they've gotten it right. So, yeah, no, they've never gotten it right. But I think the thing is, is, you know, if you look at the Callan Kaepernick situation, which is the NFL. Forget the fact that the NFL is basically probably almost exclusively, if not exclusively run by racists. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that we're talking about fucking the, the, the treatment of their own players. Generally, the treatment of, you know, young black men in America, whatever. Let's let's take that out of it entirely there. You're you're looking at that situation, like you said, and it's affecting. It's. They're, they bent the knee to the five old guys that every owner got a letter from. Sure. So we can say we're going to boycott and we're going to whatever, but the bottom line is they know you're not. So the, the thing is, is like, I don't, I don't necessarily feel like the answers. Well, if you're going to still watch then you can't complain about it and you can't make the NFL hear your voice and say, Hey, you guys had a judge rule on this. 
And now if you get if, if somebody gets convicted of murder, right, if, if somebody's flat out convicted of first degree murder, they get a life sentence. If somebody is flat out convicted of two first degree murders, they put a life sentence on top of a life sentence. So if you look at this ruling, essentially a judge ruled one and a half games. You get one and a half games for sexually assaulting somebody. There was four people. The judge ruled he sexually assaulted four people on purpose. She ruled this and he got six games. So the NFL, if they don't appeal this, the NFLPA has obviously said they're not going to. But if the NFL doesn't appeal this, the NFL is saying, we agree. If you sexually assault somebody, you should get one and a half game suspension. Yeah, that's absurd. Well, again, at the end of the day, and, and not that I don't disagree with you, because I, I agree with you. I, I just think. It all goes back to the money and, 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 and you know, and they know that this is what the NFL is hedging on. And accurately, they are hedging on this. They know people ultimately don't care, just like those minority of people who are all butthurt about Colin Kaepernick and kneeling and having opinions and players showing their freedom of speech. It, it was the same situation. All those on boycotting. Go ahead, boycott, dude. You're going to come back. You're going to come back. Well, I think see, I think the thing is, and when we talk about all these things, and that's why it's always absurd to compare it and it and and the tweets you know the tweets with the calvin ridley and the tweets at the roethlisberger and the ray rice is absurd and the and the colin kaepernick ones are always always do make a ton of sense because it shows the nfl what the nfl is truly about the nfl i agree with you wasn't even concerned with losing those people because colin kaepernick what the nfl did in the colin kaepernick situation in my opinion was try to use the greatest scare tactic they could to curtail players having an opinion. They were like, listen, this is actually really dangerous for us because now they can, if, if we don't, if we don't show them having, you know, using your free speech in a way that we don't really like is punishable, then they could say anything that they want. And it doesn't necessarily have to be about race and it doesn't, it could start being about how the NFL takes care of CTE. It's a how control NFL, issue. Yeah. The, the big fear for the NFL with Colin Kaepernick was we need to nip this in the bud. You can't just go around saying whatever you want or we'll end your life. Yeah. It's a, and it's, for sure that there's, there's power in control issues. It wasn't about the fucking flag. It wasn't about no. the military. It was about no. saying, Next thing you know, some guy's going to come out and say the NFL doesn't care about CTE. They're they're trotting us all out there. They're giving us all brain injuries. And the NFL had to say, listen, you're not allowed to have an opinion about just like whatever you want because we'll end your life. So but the thing in this situation that's insane to me is that. They have somebody rule and they have somebody rule on four women. And she just straight up says he's criminally 
sexually assaulted four people and he got six games and then hides behind. Well, the precedent is it would be absurd to suspend him for a whole season because there's no precedent of suspending somebody for a whole season. It would be such a huge leap from what we did to Ben Roethlisberger. It would be such a huge leap from what they did to Ray Rice. It should be such a huge leap for all of the other, you know, things out there to give him an indefinite suspension or give him a season. And to me, it's like, well, just jumping, like jumping onto the same shitty precedents doesn't make you like that. That's, that's a bad strategy in my opinion. Well, they definitely wanted a full year suspension. Now, she said, Judge Robinson concluded the NFL was trying to change the standards for nonviolent sexual assault without fair notice to the players. Again, like you're saying, based on the precedent, she called the proposed change to the rules extra extraordinary. Um, who's calling now? Come on. And the league wanted a full year. Now, now again, I, I just I know I keep saying the same thing. But I'll, but I'll mention this because the NFL is a business, right? They might be a nonprofit or whatever they're technically considered. They're a corporation. Let's just call it for what it is. I pose this to anyone listening. If you were a business and someone sexually assaulted or was accused of sexually assaulting 30 women, they would no longer have a job. Nine out of 10 times. Now, I don't know. Maybe if you're a CEO of a big Fortune 500 company, you could still keep that job because again, if you care that much about money, but I think that's important to bring in at the end of the day, the NFL could just say, dude, you're a shitty person. Bye. Right. There's nothing stopping them from doing that. I think that's important to consider, right? There's nothing, I, 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 there's nothing I mean, stopping I, them from I doing that. I think where the NFL, I mean, I, I know, I know what's going to happen. I feel like I absolutely know what's going to happen, but it's like, the NFL does have an opportunity here to be like, no, not good enough. We appeal. We wanted a year. You came at six games. There's got to be a fucking middle ground here. We're appealing. But the NFL is not going to do that. No. The NFL is going to get six games and everybody's going to feel like the judge, the NFL PA and the NFL owners are going to be like, look, we did it. He gets six games. Which is nothing considering it's a 17 game season. And also, the Browns will definitely have a chance to make the playoffs with only him getting six Which games. Which is nothing. It's nothing. And he got a fucking raise in the offseason. And, th and that's kind of my point. And again, that's only considering four of the cases. We have to remember if he plays well, no one's going to care. Like, you'll keep bringing it up. I mean, look at Kobe. And I know one is different than 30. But also rape is different than sexual assault. A hundred percent. I mean, look at the evidence. If anybody wants to do it, because it's all out there. Look at the investigators. Look at the DA. They are a hundred. And that says in three ring circuits, they're a hundred percent convinced. A hundred percent convinced. They went back. I mean, to the same, same thing for Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, same thing for Ben Roethlisberger. That's my point. They are a hundred percent convinced these things happened. But people don't care. Like, that's my thing. At the end of the day, if you perform, now he comes back week seven against the Baltimore Ravens, and I called it. I thought it might be against the Bengals. I missed it by a week. I said, he'll be back for that Monday night football game 
Battle of the AFC North, Battle of Ohio, Monday Night Football. Sure enough, Joe, his second game back. What are those ratings going to be? What is that viewership going to be? Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, Ohio battle, primetime, Monday Night Football. It's going to be huge. And the NFL knows it. And that's why I agree with you. They're not going to appeal this. They want him back for that week eight primetime game on Monday Night Football. Yeah. I don't think they'll ever change. If they didn't change now, what is going to cause them to change? Look at where we're at as a society, right? The Me Too movement happened. Everything that's discussed with social justice and all these different movements that are happening did nothing to the NFL. Nothing, guys. Nothing. Because the NFL sells the majority of its everything to men. Correct. So unless you get, unless you get, you know, 100 women outside every NFL game week one protesting. Yeah. And I don't even think that'll matter. Like, like nothing will matter. I mean, you and I had a, had a great bit. I thought a few weeks ago or a month ago, like what would it cost? What would it have to happen for people to stop watching the NFL? I mean, it would, what would have to happen is women would have to, women would literally have to be like my, it, it, until the NFL does something, my husband is not allowed to watch football in the house. Yeah, my boyfriend there, is not allowed to watch football in the house. You go out, no, no, no Sunday ticket in our house. We're canceling it all. You, you have to see a money. You have, you have to see a hit on the money. Hundred percent. That's all I've ever said. It's the bottom line is the yeah. money. And until the NFL's bottom line is affected, none of these suspensions are going to matter. Whether they're Calvin Ridley. Deshaun Watson, Josh, uh, what's his name? Gordon. Josh Gordon, you know, because I'm just choosing three different areas. No, none of it's going to matter. Guys, not that long ago, NFL players killed people and played. Killed people. Leonard Little, former player for the Rams in the early 2000s during their Super Bowl run, literally killed someone with his vehicle. We're, we're talking about guys murdering somebody convicted in the court of law they still play like i i I mean i think you made the joke if oj could still play he might be in the backfield of an nfl team right now yeah i don't know i don't know what would ever change it besides what you said that's the only logical thing i can think of if women said hey you're not allowed to watch these games anymore no Sunday ticket. And the number one growing, I don't know if you've seen the numbers and the numbers don't lie. The number one growing audience for the NFL, not just for watching, but for fantasy football and for gambling, all of that is women. Well, I mean, obviously it's like, how, how could it not be, you know, because the, the proportion of women to men that watch is so much lower. So there's so much more room for growth in that particular thing. But that's why I think the only way anything would ever change would be if women for, forget the literally the NFL wouldn't give a shit. They would not give a single shit. If women all said we are not watching or participating in the NFL anymore, we're not going to games. We're not watching the NFL. Be like, okay, fine. Well, it will be fine. We will or, proceed on what the only chance is for women 
to use their power in a relationship to say, my man is not participating in this yeah. anymore. Or how about this, guys? Because you see it all the time in politics and running political ads and corporations. You got all that angry energy. You're upset. Talk to all the advertisers in NFL Sunday. You know, it's, it's the same thing that just happened in Florida and people were upset. Hulu wouldn't show certain ads for the Democratic Party. Where's, the, where's that energy? Because that's what you need. Get that energy on the truck commercials, on the alcohol commercials, on the Cialis commercials, on any what the other- NFL. What the NFL has going for it is women are just under fire and like the, the women are like, cool. The NFL is kind of the least of our worries right now. No, but that's my point. My point is if you have so much anger, nothing is going to affect these. Nothing's going to change anything until the bottom line is affected. And when companies like State Farm just pump ads every year into NFL games, the NFL says, I don't give a shit. Be mad at me. State Farm is shelling out $100 million every NFL season right. just for our games. It's like you always say, follow the money. Follow the money. Like It's actually a really simple recipe, as we know, for everything in life. Just follow the money. It'll be interesting. I'll be I'll be interested to see if the NFL even tries to appeal in, in, in a PR spin to seem like they care. We know yeah. they don't care. But it'll be interesting to see if they pretend to. I think you're right. I don't think they're going to. Because they've done the pretend. Remember after Ray Rice uppercut his yeah. wife? Remember those commercials they did? Yeah. Yeah. Black and white. I think your boy Eli was in one of them. Yeah. Like, that's just a mouthpiece. To, to me, those commercials are the equivalent of every June when the company puts the pride flag on their Twitter avatar. Yeah. Like, they care. It's like, do you really care about this cause? I don't think so. It's just, it's just to look like you care. And at the end of the day, this was announced August 1st. And there's so much excitement surrounding the season. Like, how much of this is a story, Joe, come actual regular season? I mean, I think it'll be a story in every single national televised game, but then also uh, of the Browns. And, you know, I think it'll be mentioned every game. But then at the same time, we know we know every uh, network that has a deal to broadcast NFL games is told what they can and can't say and put that in, you know, so it'll be covered more on certain places that don't have NFL deals and it'll be covered other places. But, you know, at the same time, the, the, the NFL knows exactly what it's doing. Yeah. You know, I always say it. They, they'll the- let they'll let about people. They'll let people talk about it, but they're not going to let people, you know, your boy, Chris Collinsworth on the first Sunday night oh. football, football game for, with Deshaun Watson. Isn't going to isn't no. going to run down the list of accusations. No way. You know, a little trouble off field the last year. We're seeing returning. Oh, spot on. You're spot on. Something like a little trouble off the field. Yeah. We all know, you know, it'll be the it'll be the thing that we're all supposed to have already done all of our own legal paperwork on. We all know the things that he dealt with in the past two seasons. Do we? There's, there's does the girl a... does the girl in the kitchen making wings for her? her husband and all his friends, does she know? She hears that. She's like, what happened with that guy? 
Do you think she knows? Do you think a random, just like a sh- random NFL fan's wife or girlfriend just knows that there's a guy in the NFL that was accused of being of sexually assaulting 30 women? That's a great question. It's a great question. I'd say no. Obviously, he's a star in the NFL. He's not a Tom Brady star. He's not that household name. I'd, I'd argue no. And to be honest, I think a lot of women might not even care. Again, because football is growing at such a rapid rate with, like, with women. So I, I don't know who ultimately is going to even care. Let's not forget, they didn't mention any of this in Big Ben's final game. Remember that final game? No, 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 no. Yeah. You can't just ignore rape and sexual assault and murder. Ray Lewis has a the, statue. The, the, the NFL is like, I, I, actually, I think we've proven that you can, Andy. <laughs> like, you can't just, no, you can. You're right. Guys, Ray Lewis has a statue. Connected to two murders, whether he murdered those people or not, he was involved. There is a white bloody suit that has been hidden. It's like finding the Ark of the Covenant. It's never been found. This white bloody suit of Ray Lewis on a night of a Super Bowl. They're partying. You think you'd be able to find I'm, a white I'm bloody pr- suit? I'm pretty sure it's in a vault with P. Diddy's white bloody suit from his murder night on, on the town. Yeah, in New York. I mean, nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. We just got a text from Randy Ruther. Yeah. Randy Ruther was like, and you know how many jerseys he's going to sell in Cleveland? To which I chalk up to just Ohio being Ohio more than anything. I don't think that's an Ohio thing. I think it's a football thing. People don't. Look. Look at Pennsylvania. Look at Big Ben. Yeah. People don't care. I mean... (laughs) Don't care. <laughs> Pennsylvania and Ohio. Camera one, camera two. Camera one, camera two. <laughs> I call him mini me. <laughs> Come on. Are we really that similar? Come on. Are we really that similar? Ohio, Ohio and, and Western Pennsylvania. You know, that's a big high school football game. Did you know that? Because obviously Ohio and Pennsylvania produce so many like stud football players. So the game that they play every year from the best football players from Ohio and the best from Pennsylvania, they call it the big 33. I assume it's just 33 players from each state play. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, but it's going to play out how we assume it'll play out. They'll make a fake attempt to care or they don't at all. The season rolls in. You're right. Roger Goodell will make a statement saying that they – have decided not to appeal. They're going to honor the judge's decision. They're going to list her credentials. They're going to say, we're, you know, we're not happy with it, but we're going to honor the, you know, neutral arbitrator. But because we're not happy, we're going to make a donation of this much money to this foundation that supports women's rights to blah, 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 blah. And then NFL kickoff. Sure. Hundred percent. Well, in strictly, and then football, if a player says, you know, I want to take this opportunity before, uh, you know, the first game to say that 
you know, I, I don't approve of how the NFL treats women and also how they treat their own. They'll be like, okay, you're banned for life. Or in fact, we are going to, you're going to disappear mysteriously. We're just going to have Ray Lewis murder you. And then we'll pretend you never existed. You know, from a moral standpoint, I, I don't have the answer for anybody, right? Like I said, we, we're out here supporting this league. It's kind of like Michael Jackson. Do you, do you still listen to his music? Or, or do you say, hey, man, I, I watched that documentary. I mean, that's, I'm just posing this question kind of rhetorically to everybody listening. It's, it's one of those things where everybody wants to judge, especially on social media in particular. But at the end of the day, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't have an answer. You know, that's up to the individual, but just follow the money. That's the only thing I can keep saying. Follow the money. If this doesn't affect the NFL's bottom line, they're not going to care. Not yesterday, not today, not tomorrow. For some reason, they thought Colin Kaepernick would affect their bottom line. They thought players protesting would affect their bottom line or just standing or kneeling, whatever it was. Well, it's and, or and not, control and power. And here and here is the here's the situation. Exactly. They were worried that that would be an epidemic amongst players. Suddenly players, because here's the thing. People, the NFL does a, a great job. Being league first, shield first, no one's bigger than the game. But like as more and more we get into the player empowerment ever, as more and more we get into the social media era. All of these guys have a platform and they have a voice of their own. You know, in the 80s and the 90s, if you were, I don't know, Joe Montana and you wanted to get your opinion out there, you had to go sit in your locker after the game and talk about it. You, a, a, a player saying something to the media in his locker before or after a game or whatever is going to make it out to people slower and to less people than somebody putting something on their Instagram. Sure. So what the NFL wanted to curb with the Colin Kaepernick thing is we don't want players be essentially giving their opinion on things. We want to try to muzzle them the best we can. And in this era where it's very easy to get your opinion out, we need to make it known that you can do it, but we'll find a way. We'll find a way. You might not get actually suspended. You might not actually find, but we'll find a way behind closed doors to make sure that you never work again. And to, to answer your question, Andy, in terms of like, how could anything ever happen? The only way is for a star player right now, for a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady to say, I have a wife and I have two daughters. And uh, the idea that one of those girls could get sexually assaulted one day and it would be worth a game and a half in the NFL is ridiculous. Yeah. We know we know those guys aren't going to do it, but that would be the only way. Sure. Yeah, you're right. And the guys and the guys who don't have, you know, the status in the league aren't going to say it because they're just trying to have a career. Yeah, you know, sure. And the guys who do know where their bread's buttered and they're not about to put their $400 million contract at risk to stand up for women. Yeah. You know, there might be one guy. It's always, it'll, it's always interesting to see like who, who is that guy, you know, who, 
who is who has the potential of being like, you know what, I've made a lot of money. But I also think this well, is important. It, it, that, that's, know, that's essentially what Colin Kaepernick was, right? And everybody loves to point out that, oh, he had just gotten benched or whatever. But it's like the bottom line was he got he had a huge contract and he was financially taken care of. And he knew that there was potential of this happening to him. But he's like, but I have enough money where I've already made it. So why don't I just give my opinion? And if they fucking ban me from the league, whatever, it's not like I'm going to be poor. And if a player does speak out, it's no different than any other fraternity, right? Whether it's like cops or firefighters or teachers or whatever. I'm just using those examples. My point is people don't usually speak out against their own, so to speak. Yeah. And that's, and the truth is that's, and that's what happened with the NFLPA. The union said, we're not going to, what, you know, and, and, and that's the truth. If people, if players speak out and say, Hey, what are we doing here? Six games. But if you go against the union, now you're putting yourself above the players and same thing. That's, that's precisely why cops can never get in trouble. No, for sure. Exactly. Protect them. Exactly. And, and it's the same, same way here with the union and the NFLPA. So I, I know it sounds kind of demoralizing from a moral viewpoint that, wow, this is what we're going to do six games. But I think we've laid out the only way this changes. I'll, here's one thing I'll say, and we'll wrap it up because we have a lot of things to cover today. If you're, a, if you're a professional sports league and Major League Baseball is doing anything better than you at all, you, are, you, have, you fucked up. Major League Baseball gets nothing right, essentially. And I would argue they didn't even get the Trevor Bauer situation right. But they, they probably got it wrong for moral reasons. They probably got it wrong trying to be moral about it. I, I see your point. And if the your, if, your point is the league would err on the side of caution to say, hey, maybe all this is true. And if that's the case, we're throwing the book at him from right. a moral standpoint, even though you're arguing is probably wrong as far maybe. as what they got, as far as how they handled right. it. Right. I, I see your point. And if, and I go back to if the, if Major League Baseball is doing anything better than you, even if it's like policing morality, you fucked up. Yeah. Even Joe Prano from the past agrees with you in the background. Yes. He's staring. He's he's Joe Prano of the back. Joe Prano of the past is is looking up at the TV screen from the old smart studio. And just, he's, he's looking at that list of women. He's like, that's one, that's two, that's three. That's four. he's the look on his face is like, are you, does this, does this list end? It's like a never ending list of women. And that's what you, and we'll wrap it up. That's, but that's seriously what you have to think about for a minute. Like 30 women, man, like 30. But this they just is, considered four. Yeah, and, and I remember you did that funny bit when we were talking about comparing the Trevor Bauer thing. This is not a he said, she said. Like you the he said, she said, she said, she said, she said, she said, yeah. she said, she said. 30 times. 30 like, times. Like, they don't give a shit. I mean, it's, it's wild. Now, let's move on to non-Deshaun Watson NFL news. Debo Samuel signed a contract extension. And I like this for both sides. 
because it's not a massively long deal. It's a three-year, $73.5 million max. He's guaranteed $58 million. He'll be 28, not 29 this year. I like this because it's not like a long-term deal, but he still gets a lot of guaranteed, and his value, I think, will still be good the next three years. I think this is a win for both sides. Absolutely. It's probably a, a bigger win for the Niners than it is for Debo Samuel, but yeah, I, agreed. I, I, agreed. And obviously, and the idea that you know there was talk that he was wanted to leave and he wanted out and whatever, and it's like if you're the 49ers and obviously you've moved on from Jimmy G, um, but you got you were in an NFC Championship game. Debo Samuel is probably the single biggest part of that. Sure, you know, uh, you move on from Jimmy G, you can't move on from you can't. You have to make sure you take care of Debo Samuel one way or the other because, I mean, you're not you're not rebuilding. No, you're not you, a team that just made the NFC Championship game isn't going to go rebuild. You were a quarter away, yeah, from making the Super Bowl, yeah, with Jimmy G. You were that close, and obviously Debo is the centerpiece of that offense. Yeah, so versatile, so many different things he can do. That's good for all the fantasy owners out there, right? He's like total fantasy guy. Yeah. That's what people love. The baseball trade deadline, is that tomorrow? It's tomorrow at noon, I believe, noon Eastern. Wow. So we're going to have some big things or, happen. Or, then, uh, huh? or three, maybe it's noon here, four. I don't know what, but it's tomorrow. Yeah. Gonna, a lot, a lot's already happened. Josh Hader to the Padres. I saw that. So they're swapping closers and some other guys. Yeah. Essentially, but uh, Rogers for the Padres will likely not move into their closer role. He'll likely move into a eighth inning guy or setup man or one of those roles. Uh, Hater locking it down. I mean, I actually think this is a pretty good trade for both teams. The thing that's weird about this situation from the Brewers is um, the Brewers get prospects without like really downgrading that much, but at the same time, and everybody's saying, how are you selling if you're in first place? Right. And, and I think that's totally valid. Now the argument against that um, I've seen people say they didn't get worse with this deal, which I would argue that that's not true. uh, First of all, but I would agree that they only get slightly worse because I would say Josh Hader has postseason experience and Josh Hader, you know, I'd, I'd rather, Go to somebody, if him and Rogers are a coin flip statistically, I'd rather go with somebody who's been there and done that if you're trying to really win. Now, the other part of it for the Brewers is they've also made other guys available, like Colton Wong's available. And like they've, so it's like you can say that the Josh Hader move alone doesn't mean they're selling, but it certainly seems like they're putting it out there that they are selling in some ways. Now, a smart, well-run baseball team can sell and get better long-term and still compete. Like I don't hate this move, but I like this move for the Padres who have a guy that they feel like they can't trust. And they go out and get a guy who maybe statistically is comparable at the moment, but you get a guy that you think you can trust more in the postseason because you're trying to win right now. And also the Padres don't give up any of their big, big, big name prospects because supposedly still, trying to work other deals, potentially still on the Juan Soto, um, you know, train, whatever. So I kind of like it for both teams, but I do question 
uh, the brewers a little bit in terms of pretending they're not selling and the people that are justifying it by saying they're not selling. It's like th- that may be true based on this deal alone. But if you go start selling other guys, then how are you not selling? Sure. Well, the Mariners made another big trade. They're just going to take all the old Reds players. Adding Luis Castillo over the offseason, they obviously added Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winker. So they get a bona fide number one to their rotation. The Reds get prospects. It's it's this um, Mariners team specifically um, in, in relation to the Reds reminds me a lot of the Florida Marlins circa, you know, four or five years ago where every single guy on that Marlins team has gone on to be a cornerstone for another team. John Carlos Stanton, Yelich, JT Real, Real Muto, uh, Ozuna. Like you take those guys off that team and you're like, they're the big piece that gets added to another team. Meanwhile, they were all on the same team together and that team cried, we can't win. And so it's almost like a little bit, uh, you know, it's kind of showing truly how poorly run a franchise is oh my in God, the Marlins man. and in the Reds. Oh my where God. it's like if you take every guy off the Reds and put them on another team, and suddenly those teams it pushes them over the edge. How is it possible that you guys can't win a fucking division with all those guys on your team? And it's because you have minor, minor holes, and you refuse to fill them by spending any money. Sure. Well, the idea of prospects, I always laugh at. I was texting with CT and. You know, he's talking about some of the guys and and how the shortstop can really mash. And I was like, dude, that's great. I know you've seen him. He's seen him in person in minors. I was like, but majors is different for sure. And I'm not saying some of these guys don't pan out, but this whole cycle that a city and an organization like the Reds do, it, it, it creates empathy. You just don't. And to me, that's that's the worst thing you can have as a fan when you just don't care. So when you do the rebuild process over and over and over again, people like me, I just, I just, dude, I'm done. I like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like the reds could be great in three years. Cool. I got three more, like three more seasons of this. The, the, you know, the thing about baseball makes it different than the NFL and the NBA. I'm, I don't know what the situation in hockey is to be totally honest with you. I'm not, I'm not competent enough in hockey, but it seems like you see these guys in hockey, the McDavid's and the Gretzky's and the whatever who come along and change franchises is you could be the single greatest player in the history of the sport. You can't alone change a franchise. You could be the single best pitcher. You could be, you know, Nolan Ryan and Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom all in one. You can only pitch once every five days. The rest of your rotation sucks. It doesn't matter. We've seen that with Jacob DeGrom. We've seen, we've seen a generational guy go 12 and fucking 14 on a team and win the Cy Young because the rest of the rotation fucking sucks. Well, and not just even the pitchers. We we see that with Mike Trout. We saw that with, right. One player doesn't, one player doesn't do it. We we saw it with A-Rod and that, that was why that, that quote from Derek Jeter which I've watched the first two episodes. That quote from Derek Jeter is the most stupid, ignorant. Like it gets me angry. I saw on yeah. Twitter, then I saw a person talk yeah. about, you can talk about when Jeter says, you can talk about all the stats you want, who 
hits a better average, who has more home runs, who has more stolen bases. Yeah, that's what you do in baseball. And then Derek Jeter says, I'm talking about championships. Right. Dude, there's nine guys in the fucking field. Right. And baseball, guys. And baseball it's so like each player, no matter how good you are, it, it can only change so much value. Yeah, that was the most defensive thing ever. Because the bottom line is if A-Rod and Jeter switch teams to start, Get out of here. Alex Rodriguez goes down as the greatest player in baseball history. He has all the records. He's in the Hall of Fame. His numbers retire, whatever. And and Derek Jeter is in in Seattle, and he's Felix Fermin. And that's and that's that, and and that's fucking that. But the bottom line is, guys can only do so much. So sure. if even if you have an incredible farm system, you bring up three, four, five. You could have you could look at a core and be like these six guys are the shit. Look at the Houston Astros, okay? But the Astros went and gave Justin Verlander a fucking ton of money. Sure, they went and gave uh, Zach Greinke a ton of money. They were they went and got guys to to fill holes that were veterans. Well, the Cardinals are the great example of the mid-major yeah. doing that when they go get Arenado and they get Goldschmidt. Like they they have a whole history. They get go back to McGuire. You know what I'm saying? Like they have a whole history of getting guys, again, quote unquote mid-major market to fill in the holes to make them consistently a playoff contender, a World Series yeah. contender. Which I mean, even go back to I know all the people are reliving the 90s dynasty that the Yankees are through the captain. I mean, the, the, the most hilarious thing of all time is always Yankee fans talking about the core four, the core four, the core four, Jeter, Posada, Bernie Williams, Mariano Rivera, or Andy Pettit, Mariano Rivera, which whoever the fucking core four are. First of all, these are guys, they just overpaid to stay. But second of all, we're like pretending they don't go get huge free agent Tino Martinez huge like i mean just go through the first baseman that they had through the years i mean fucking tino giambi Teixeira. you look at second you got you know knoblock your third base you got brocious or boggs or ventura you look We're at trading for guys yeah. like date like like i'm watching this and i'm remembering oh yeah i forgot the reds traded david wells to the yankee you know what i'm saying like yeah. guys who are just great jack pitchers. mcdowell comes to the yankees yeah and then just- key comes to the yankees Wetland comes to the Yankees. David Wells comes to the Yankees. Pettit comes back to the Yankees. Roger Clemens comes to the Yankees. It's all you, you can talk about, but that, but that's the, the Yankees did what every team should do. They just did it on a massive level. Yeah, sure. You can have prospects and those prospects can be good. And those prospects can hold down a position for 15 years. And you can just pretend it was Derek Jeter for the 15 years. He held down shortstop. But what they did is they had a revolving door of huge free agent signings at every other fucking position. Well, look, here's here's equivalent I can I can put with uh, building these teams to my own life right now. Right. I just bought a house like there's a lot of work to be done. Truthfully, like I started the process and it's going to be like we're going to like I'm like we're going to repaint the entire house. Right. That's a that's a lot of painting. There's other things that need to be done. There's it. But Joe, if, if my house is at the same point that it is. Now, today, August 1st, 2022, and August 1st, 2023, my girlfriend's going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, and, and to me, that's the equivalent of someone who's a Cincinnati Reds fan. You say, okay, 
I'll give it some time and I will. Uh, as far as I don't expect the Reds to be competing for a World Series every year. But if we're doing this rinse, repeat, recycle, the whole thing, every year, every few years, to, like, why, why do I want to invest in that? Well, the, bot the bottom line is uh, for baseball, unlike other sports, you, you can be mediocre and you can make a bunch of money because people just go to the ballpark to go to the ballpark. Yeah. Now, where the Reds fucked up is you have an owner that goes out there before the season and says, we're not going to try and we don't care. And that can hurt, hurt your fucking butt. But otherwise, if you're a team that just plays middling baseball every year and keeps your fans happy and keeps your fans, you know, just does just enough to delude your fans in the offseason, which we'll get to deluded fans later in the show. You know, just enough of a move here, enough of a move there to delude your fans into thinking they have a chance. Oh, then you stockpile money in the first half of the year. And then the second half of the year, when you're shit, you trade for some prospects. They come over, they come to see the prospects play. They get, start feeling good. They talk themselves into the prospects going forward. It's the whole fucking same old song and dance, but it's profitable in baseball. Yeah. No, for sure. And again, to bring it back to money, as we talked about the first part of the show with the NFL, that's all that matters. That's what I always say to fans. I mean, you said it best like this year, like guys, if you really want to see change, if you're like a Reds fan, do not go because if their bottom line is affected, they might change things. And that's the same for any business, right? If people stop going to your restaurant, they might make changes, but until you do that, they're not going to make any changes. Where does Soto go? I have no idea. Probably the Dodgers. I'm going to say the Dodgers just because the Dodgers have such a deep farm system and because they've made this move so many times in the past few years. Um, I'm going to say the Dodgers. Seems like the Padres are trying. Uh, I'm sure the Yankees are trying. Yeah. Seems like the Mets don't want to give up some. It seems like the Mets don't want to overpay, and it seems like the Nat the nationals would try to make them overpay being in division. So it seems like the Mets have maybe even taken themselves out of the race, which I still don't really understand from the nationals point of view. Cause you have owners who are trying to sell the team unless, you know, the owners, unless they're concerned about new ownership, trying to pay a fucking reduced price because they just gave their best star to a division rival. That's already overspending, you know, that's already shown. It's like, so the idea of uh, buying a team when you have another team in the division that, is poised to be, you know, the next Yankees when it comes to how they approach spending. Um, so I get that. So I'm going to go with the Dodgers. Well, uh, that's a problem again with baseball where the rich just keep getting richer. Again, you look at the NFL, it's like, it's not always the big market, right? More times than not, it's not because there's even, a salary cap. Yeah. And the same way in the NBA, right? Like you have teams from smaller markets that can compete, that can be just as good. And, and that sucks. That, that, that sucks. I don't know how they don't see that as a organ, like as a league, Hey, this isn't good for us. If all the big teams, or maybe they do, maybe they say, Hey, LA is the second biggest market. He's a star. That's, that's great. They probably do. I don't know. We'll follow it along with everyone else. 24 hours. It, uh, does it end? So like until midnight? 
What's the official time? No, it's midday tomorrow. Okay, midday tomorrow. Well, in sad NBA news, Bill Russell passed away yesterday at age 88. Bill Russell, who you and I reference a lot on this show, not that we obviously saw him play, but just because he has 11 rings and we yeah. get into the whole ring counting discussion. Well, I think, you know, first of all, Rip Bill Russell, I mean, one of the all-time greats, no matter how you slice it, uh, a guy that has been, has an incredible, like was always an incredible spokesman um, just to, uh, in sports in general, in basketball, um, you know, in the, in the NBA, uh, obviously a, a tumultuous relationship with Boston fans that he was outspoken about, all that stuff about race, everything. Like Bill Russell was an awesome dude. And, you know, we talk a lot about sort of the all-time greats and our all-time top five and our all-time top 10. And I have a bunch of different ways, you know, when people ask me, who's your whatever? And immediately I'll be like, do you want to know guys that I watch play or do you want to know just like where I rank? Because the thing with Bill Russell is, to me, Bill Russell is a top five player of all time. Um, and that's coming from somebody who didn't watch him play. That's coming from accolades alone and success alone. Um, and he's, you know, where does he rank? Who is he? I don't know. Cause I didn't watch him play and how do I rank? But in terms of the legacy of what he was able to accomplish, it's insane to not have him up there above other guys. The other thing about Bill Russell, and we talk a lot about, uh, you know, ring counting, like you said, and how, how someone should be, you know, how someone's rings should be counted. And we all know that I'm a, uh, uh, you know, I'm a LeBron over Jordan guy. Uh, we all know that I'm a, um, you know, Peyton Manning, sneaky might be the best quarterback of all time kind of guy. We all know that I'm a Derek Jeter is highly overrated guy. So I count rings in a way, but I also think that, you know, they can only be counted so much. I think being able to accomplish being a championship player, if given a roster is sort of one level and then having, you know, multiple championships is another. When you get into ring counting in terms of this guy has more than this guy, I'll leave, I'll say this one thing about Bill Russell. If you're a guy out there who says, Jordan greater than LeBron because Jordan has six and LeBron has four. Kobe better than LeBron because Kobe has five. Uh, Brady over Peyton Manning because Brady has the most rings ever. Uh, you know, Derek Jeter's the greatest shortstop of all time because he has five. If you're a guy that makes those arguments, Bill Russell's the single greatest athlete that ever walked the earth, and no one is better than him in professional sports. 11 rings in 13 seasons. Eight straight at one point, 10 consecutive finals appearances. If you are the kind of person that says there is no argument to be had between Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, Tom Brady has seven rings. The single greatest team sport athlete of all time is Bill Russell. Yeah, it just makes logical sense if you're taking that side. If you're if, one of those guys. See, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a LeBron is the greatest. Uh, you know, basketball player of all time. But yeah, if you go, I, but if you go, how but, is LeBron but, but, better than but, Jordan? Jordan has six. Or that's, Jordan's not LeBron's not even better than Kobe, who has five. Well, then 
that's where you know you've lost the argument. When then, you, then, but, then but, Bill but. Russell is the single best basketball player in NBA history, and it's not even close. Yeah, it's not close. If you're a ring guy, if you're yeah. a Brady over Peyton guy because rings, then Bill Russell is the single greatest team sport athlete in the history of professional sports. So, like, that's my thing with with uh, with coaches. I, I probably am a ring guy, right? Like, who's won the most titles? Like, I would argue Phil Jackson's the best coach of all time. I would argue Bill Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. Nick Saban's the greatest college coach. I would argue because of rings with coaches. Now, I would not argue that with players because I think a lot more goes into it with players. And that doesn't mean I, I'm not open to arguments on other coaches being the goats in their field. I just, I'm not with the players, but when you do that, I'm sorry, with coaches, when you do that with players, exactly. If, if you start bring, if you start bringing in sixes greater than four, and again, I mean, that's what Jeter does in that documentary, which is, it's just, it's like, dude, you're, you're just being an asshole. Like you're being a fucking, like you can see it actually worked me up because I'm just like, dude, you're just, you're just an asshole. You're just an asshole for saying it's just such a dumb comment. You know how hard it is to win baseball games by yourself. Like, what are we even talking about here? Yeah. Now, basketball definitely is a little different. Again, I, I, again, I, when I judge athletes and like, listen, it doesn't matter where Joe Prano ranks people other than the fact that people, you know, I have a sports podcast and you listen to this show, but of course, championships are considered when you're judging athletes for sure of course they are philip rivers and eli manning are like oh have uh, remarkably identical careers you know uh the, the all the games they played in a row they're traded for each other all the things but in the end eli manning got the rings philip rivers didn't you could argue philip rivers was on better teams than eli manning ever had and didn't get it it's like uh, it is a it is a boost to Eli Manning's career that he's two-time Super Bowl MVP. It is a knock on Philip Rivers' career that he never even played in a Super Bowl. For sure. When, because they're so similar in the types of teams they had, in the where they came in the league at the same time, they played under the same everything, right? So yeah, you consider it. But it's not the end-all, be-all. You know? Dan Marino is one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen. But if you look at his playoff numbers, they're mediocre at best. And he never won a Super Bowl. Now, you could say, well, if you had been on those, those early Elway Bronco teams, that they're okay, but we can't, we can play hypothetical all day, every day. But to me, it's like getting there. Like I was a big Peyton Manning, can't get it done guy. Then Peyton Manning did get it done. Then Peyton Manning came to another team, immediately made them a Super Bowl team, and then immediately made them a Super Bowl winner right after. And I'm like, okay, that Peyton argument is out the fucking window. And I was like, Peyton would be the greatest of all time if he could fucking get it done. And then he did. So you you take it that. The bottom line about Bill Russell is Bill Russell, the, the finals MVP is named after Bill Russell. That Boston Celtics team was built around Bill Russell. And Bill Russell won 11 times in 13 years. If you give tie breaks, if you give end all be all, if you give, hey, this guy's got one more in, then Bill Russell is your goat. Not in basketball, in sports. Yeah. 
If you're a Tom Brady stand because of the rings, Bill Russell's the greatest athlete of all time. And I'm fine, by the way. That that's actually what I'm that's actually what I'm here for. On on the day after Bill Russell dies, that's the soapbox to be on. You can be that guy. Yeah. I'm here for that argument. Sure. I'm here for the argument. Championships greater than everything. It's all about championships. This you play sports to win rings. You're that guy. Don't fucking bring up Michael Jordan in my presence. Don't bring up fucking there. Don't say Derek Jeter is better than fucking better, a better Yankee than Mickey Mantle or fucking Yogi Berra because well, rings know, over everything. You know what? So you know what? We always talk about privilege, right? Today in, in society. And here's an interesting thought I just had. We should talk about sports and athlete privilege, right? I'm being serious. Like this is again, because of what I saw last night, we talk about privilege. I mean, and this is something important, like knowing your place, whether, whether you were born in a, a nice area, you grew up, you had things, there's that privilege, which for sure is real. Just like there's sports privilege. That's all I'm saying. There's athlete privilege. Like Derek Jeter had sports privilege privilege. He did like, like you were put in a Tom great, Brady had sports privilege. A hundred percent. Tom Brady had great sports pr- privilege. If I can say the word correctly, you, you were put in a great position. And I just wish we talk about understanding how we were, you know, again, how you grew up or the privilege you had. I just wish athletes would see that and have humility in that regard and say, hey, man, I think a lot of them do. And others don't. You know, I think Tim Duncan is probably like, I had the greatest coach. What a great team that was put around me. I came to a team that already had David Robinson. I came to whatever. But that's why Tim Duncan is the quiet, nice, Mr. Fundamental, you know, whatever. Tom, You don't hear Tom Brady talk about Matt Castle's 11-win season all that often. You just see them. We ain't going nowhere. We ain't. All the memes and all the fucking, you know. We don't, Tom Brady doesn't talk about often that, you know, he had to split time in college. <laughs> We, I split time is what drove me to be better. I don't know. Maybe he does on his docu-series. Yeah. Because I feel like that's all we have now is propaganda docu-series on great athletes that just heighten their greatness to a new level. How many episodes is the Jeter doc? I think it's six. How many have been released? I believe I maybe four. I've only watched two. So you've watched the same two I have. Yeah. It's hilarious, dude. You just you watch these things and you're just like, well, we talked about it on dirty sides. Did you listen to the dirty sides at all? I haven't yet. Okay. But you, but I said keep your eye out for because for the for you know, obviously our audience on this show is much bigger than the audience on dirty slides. But so for the people who haven't heard, I say keep your eye out for just the fraudulent claim that Derek Jeter was grow, grew up a Yankee fan. And keep your eye out for things that just look suspicious to you. And well, then you, and then you sent me the same picture of the thing that I, 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 I was laughed, texting you Friday. I night. laughed out loud when I first saw it, and because, you texted me fully photoshopped. Well, they just it's it's a picture of a uniform 
a Yankees. The the claim is Derek Jeter had a Yan- <laughs> a full Yankee uniform stapled nailed, to his wall, nailed to the his the wall of his childhood home. Keep in mind that his childhood home looks like the set of fucking you know from Archie Bunker. Yeah. There's just like you know Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of what I would call sus things happening. Yeah. Which to me, Derek it's like Jeter wore a Yankees hat every day of his childhood with zero pictures of it. Well, that was my thing. With they none? show pic- they show pictures later, but when they're talking about it, they don't show a single picture. And I agree with what he you had said. A, he had a Yankees chain. Where Where is it? Where is it? The fact that he had no clue where the Yankees were drafting. Hall of Famer Dave Winfield specifically remembers meeting a seven-year-old Derek Jeter. That, that was a good one. Dave that was Winfield, a good who played in New York and probably has met 14 million Yankees fans. I remember Derek Jeter's dad. I remember like it was yesterday. So I'm outside Tiger Stadium. Why do you yeah, remember that, was, that? That was pretty good. Did he threat? Did he rob you? Why would you ever remember a random meeting? I remember it. My favorite person in that is the barber. You know what I'm talking about? He keeps talking about taking a bite out of the apple. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like, that's my favorite part in these documentaries when when they bring people in and they do it with the Magic Johnson one with the the women who knew Cookie. Yeah. The three black women, you know what I'm talking about? It's like they bring in these people that just say ridiculous shit and they just keep giving them lines. Yeah. Like, dude, you cut Derek Jeter's hair. Yo, I was a rapper, but I did. Ha- he said he was a rapper and went on tour with Diddy, but then cut hair on the side. I want to be like, you're a yeah. shitty rapper then, man. Like, no offense. Like, like, like I know as I know from a comedy background, you got to have like, that's not your main thing and you need to work, but he's hyping it up. He's like, I just got off tour with Diddy. And then Diddy was like, you still cutting hair? I'm like, yeah, on the side. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Are you like big enough to be on tour with Diddy, but you're still cutting hair on the side and you were cutting Jeter's hair and then you introduced Also, can we just agree that Derek Jeter's flat top era was absurd? (laughs) That like every time Jeter had a fucking baseball cap off during the flat, you were just like, what is this haircut? Yeah, man. These, uh, These documentaries are wild. I don't know if they're as wild as the Detroit Lions fans, though. I mean, we gotta we gotta just get this under control, Detroit. This is this is truly becoming like this is like this is a new this is gonna be a, a new dirty sports topic. This is like Jameis one of one. This is gonna be a topic that we explore that no one else is exploring. Oh yeah, because, I love it because because no one gives a shit about the Detroit Lions except no. for Detroit Lions fans, right? Yeah. So no one cares clearly about Detroit Lions fans. You know, we all have to deal with Patriots fans and Yankees fans and Lakers fans and Cowboys fans. We have to deal with them. They're everywhere. No one's like a random Lions fan living in fucking Arizona. You know, there's no Randy Ruther of Lions fans, right? There are. There have to be. There are, but not like that. But my point is no one's really shining. Like no one gives. People barely give a fuck about the Lions in general. No one gives a fuck about their fans. But we have dipped our toe in with oh. Lions with Lions Reddit. And now we're getting calls and tweets from Lions fans. And I'm here to say it. Lions fans might be the most delusional fan base in all of sports. 
Wow. More delusional than Cowboys fans? I mean, the Cowboys at least compete. Cowboy, <laughs> Cowboys fans convince themselves every year that instead of going eight and eight, they're winning the Super Bowl, which is, dude, the difference between like a Cowboys team that wants, wins 10 games and makes the playoffs. They're two or three wins away from like Dak Prescott has been three wins away from a Super Bowl, two wins away from a Super Bowl. We have Lions fans talk. I have a Lions fan tweeting me. They might make the wild card game. Dude, you guys won three games last year. So this is what I want to this is what I want to end today's show on. And, and we'll do calls next week. 310 or sorry, Thursday. 310-359-8365. I'm going to play a call from a Lions fan because we were laughing about this before the show. We yeah, because because I said to you, so listen, l- let me give you the tech, the tweet thread first. And I got to call this guy out by name because Nathan, Nathan Barucki, like, bro. And then we'll and then we'll also shine a light on the caller. But he tweeted me one hundred dollars on your Lions over under. And better than the Jets, I won't be Mac. And I he basically said he won't be a Mac in Welch. I said, well, first of all. I set my over under at four and a half because I think that's the perfect number. I have no idea if there'll be four or five, but it'll be right there. But I'll definitely take the bet if you give me under the Vegas six and a half plus worse than the Jets. If they're either, I win. Meaning if they go under seven games or they have a worse record than the Jets, I win. He said, and I was like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be like a Kyle Aronofsky situation with my Fitzpatrick bet. Like we're going to have to go to a, you know, a neutral fucking judge to like settle the situation. No, he immediately comes back with, I accept, I will accept book it lions, minimum eight wins, a quote, bite your knees off. Dan Campbell has me drinking that Kool-Aid lions win week one against Eagles and put on a show exclamation point. Unbelievable. Medium pizza. Jared Goff is playing for his career and has a system tailored for him, which I don't know what that means. Like there's no West or East mentioned in the system this year with better talent on both sides of the ball. If no injuries, I'll go out on a limb and say wild card spot as well. And I replied, you should be in an asylum. (laughs) This is great. Jared so, Goff, wild card. Jared Goff won a wild card, made a wild card round with the Rams. Yeah. And Who went on it. to win the Super Bowl the second they got rid of, the rid of him? Yeah. And talk about a, a system tailored. You know who tailored their system for him? Yeah. Sean McVay, who's an offensive genius. I mean, what is. By the way, also, do you want to know what quarterbacks have a sister system tailored for them? All of them. Yeah, true. All of them. Look, essentially every single quarterback has a system tailored for them. The Lions are in what I would deem a weaker division, so they can win some games. But guys, eight wins, eight wins. I think that the Jared Goff is terrible. He's terrible. I think the the Vikings are mediocre and going to get worse. I think the Bears are bad, probably going to get better, though. The idea that you're just going to like split games with the Bears and the Vikings, just like ch- chalk it. But yeah, we're just going to split with them based on what? Let's not forget, because to me, it's all about quarterbacks. And that's the same for you. That's all I care about. To me, it's all about quarterbacks. Can you win games with quarterback? You cannot win. Jared Goff was given over $100 million. 
guaranteed. Stan Kroenke wrote a check for him for over $100 million. And then Stan Kroenke, two years later, three years later, I don't remember what exactly it was, said, that was the worst check ever. I am cutting ties. I'm eating crow. Let's hit the reset button. They go get Matthew Stafford. My point is most owners are not doing that. They did that with Jared Goff. That's how bad he was. If I recall, we have now downgraded him from not just a medium pizza. I think he turned into the old Pizza Hut book it pizza, the personal pizza that you get if you read enough books on the book it program growing up. He's a book it pizza, bro. I, I, I just, I can't get over this delusion. And then we got a call. Now, I don't know what's worse, the take or the phone line the fat Jason kid called in from cat Jason kid <laughs> cat Jason kid who we love we love you cat Jason kid also <laughs> shocking that he's a Lions fan there's only so many cats to choose from he's either gonna be a Lions fan or a Panthers fan or a Jaguars fan that's great he does like one or of the a Bengals fan <laughs> All shitty teams, for the record. I mean, the Bengals are good now, but you, you, you know, not the best organizations to choose from. So, Cat Jason Kidd calls in the artist formerly known as Fat Jason Kidd, and he's he's riding this Lions. He's riding the Lions too. Listen to this. Hey, Joe and Andy, it's Fat Jason. By the way, it sounds like you know when you hear a call from like a 1930. <laughs> it sounds like he's calling in. From a phone that was like, uh, the the Germans are coming. They're the seizing, the seizing the new city. We need to send some troops over. It's like it's a nineteen. No, it's like a war piece. It's not. It's not even. It's not even. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're like, yeah. and the latest news: we have stormed Iwo Jima. And it's like that bubbling, whatever, crackling, whatever it is. Okay, Fat Jason, kid. Let's see what you got. Number one Lions fan from Iowa, and just wanted to give a little bit of a. Uh talk about what you guys said last week about where the Lions are. I think that what you're really underestimating on this team is how fucking horrible our schedule is. Because, like, we get to play a last-place schedule and probably the easiest schedule in football as I'm looking at it here. Because I definitely think there's a chance we beat the Commanders, the Vikings once, the Bears, the Giants, the Jaguars, the Jets, and then I think we could probably beat one out of the Seahawks and the Panthers, and now you're actually talking about those seven wins. So six and a half doesn't sound as crazy to me. Because, I mean, I'm not even counting any wins against the Packers. I'm not counting a sweep against the Bears or the Vikings. I'm just grabbing one game there each. I think that there's a very realistic chance that this team can win, like, seven games. Do I think we have a playoff shot? No, I think we need to get a quarterback in place and potentially that evaluate how our coach is. But a quarterback? We're going to be a lot better than what you guys are asking. Hold on. Okay. This is the all right. Look, let me we, say something real. We need a quarterback and a coach. That's what I was saying. He just throws that in at the end. We need a quarterback and a coach. Bro. Also, also, we're, we're not. By the way, you're not the fucking New York Giants. You're not the the Patriots. You're not the uh, Packers. You're not the Steelers. You're not the 49ers. You're not. You're not any team with any sort of historical relevance. You are. You need a quarterback and a coach, and you're the Lions, bro. You're the fucking Lions. And by the way, I love that we just reel off random last place teams like, 
oh, the fucking, oh, you know, the, the, by the way, the, the teams in your division, the Vikings and the Bears have had double the amount of wins you had last year. The Seahawks, double the amount of wins you had last year with Russ out. The Giants had more wins than you last year. The Panthers had more wins than you last year. The Jets had more wins than you last year. All the oh, you're playing all these last place teams. Why are they not suddenly getting better? Only the 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 Lions are the only team that are getting it. the Commanders won twice as many games. The Commanders won seven games last year. And Carson Wentz is better than Jared Goff. I think the Lions win four to five games. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I said. The four and a half games is the over under. Yeah. Vegas has it six and a half. I say the Lions win four to five games. But when your holes are the two most important things, the coach and the quarterback. You need a coach. You need a quarterback. You need to be a team that people don't retire playing football to leave. That's a, that's your, that's your fucking starting point here. All so, you need to be, all you need to be is not a punchline of a historically bad franchise. You need the most important position on the field and you need a guy who's running the team. You're, you're right there. You're right there. So here's what the Lions have going for them. Yeah, I would love to hear it. Three of their first four games are at home. Like, that's, that's something. They get the Eagles, the Commanders, both at home. Then they travel to Minnesota, and then they get the Seahawks. Like, my point is, you could start, I think they could, you could realistically start two and two with three of your first four at home. But then let's look at it from there, Joe. Let's just look at it from there. Then you travel to New England. Let's let me, let me ask you one question though. All right. You have one million dollars to spend. Okay. You have one million. Okay. You can split it up however you want. You can't bet that they're going to go two and two in their first four games. I'm not allowing you to bet on two and two. You can put any amount of your million on one and three and any amount of your million on three and one. And fuck it. Let's go. Oh, and four and four. Now, how do you spread that money around? I put the majority Me? on one and three. I put $750,000 on one and three. Yeah. $250,000 on oh, and four. I would not put any amount of money on three and one or four. Now. Yeah, I agree. I put zero on three and one and zero on four. Now. And again, so yeah, I, so yeah, they could be two and two if everything goes right. If their quarterback suddenly plays at a competent NFL level, if their head coach starts scheming instead of fucking biting people, <laughs> and if they're not the Detroit Lions. Your coach was doing up downs, man. Up downs. But after those four games, I mean, listen to this. At New England, bye. At Dallas, Dolphins at home. L, L, L. Dolphins at home. Dolphins are going to be a lot better. Dolphins. Green Bay at home. At Huge Chicago. L. 50 point L. At Chicago. At your Giants. Home against the Bills. Home against the Jags. Home against the Vikings. At the Jets. At the Panthers. Home against the Bears. At the Packers. I just... You have to start. You have to at least start two and two. If you to start to one, what to get to what to get the seven wins. I mean, Nathan's got him as a outside shot at a wild card. 
Yeah, he needs to be psych- psychologically evaluated for that. This is this goes back to oh, the wait, Reddit. You know this goes back to the Thanksgiving Reddit. Remember when the Reddit was just like, "What are we supposed to do?" You know what I love? You know what I love more than anything. I love optimism like this time of year. It's August first. You're like, oh yeah, man, the season's around the corner. About six weeks, five weeks, NFL season will start. You're like looking at the schedule. You're thinking, yeah, man. And we all know NFL. There's always surprise teams, right, Joe? When is that going to be the Lions? I'm talking like surprise good. Rarely. I mean, people call me deluded when I talk about the Giants last year. And I'm like, I think the Giants could go seven and 10 and win the division because the NFC East sucks. They don't have the Packers in their division. You know, you don't have even like a mediocre Vikings team that every year wins fucking eight games. What? Let, let me ask you something. Again, let's do a million dollars to spend. One of these two teams, the Bears or the Lions, have a magic season and win 11 games. How much you put of the million on the Bears? How much you put of the Lions? 900 grand on the uh, Bears. I mean, again, like what? what is it, he, let me put it this way: Like, is, like with do those, you have one? Do you have one sole reason? Do you have one sole reason that you could justify the Lions suddenly improving and the Bears not? Well, no, I don't. Look, and the truth is, in all this, guys, I I will be the first to say I don't know enough about the Lions. I don't know enough about their offseason moves. That's the truth. But what I do know is. I lived in Los Angeles for all those years. I saw Jared Goff. And I know his ceiling. And I know he's also not, without Sean McVay, he's not like a game, you know what I'm saying? He's not a game manager. He can't, let's say the Dude, Lions have- Here's what the, I know. Here's the only things I need to know about the Lions. I know how good Jared Goff is a quarterback. Not. Nah. Your coach has shown me that he is nothing but a meme. Your coach is a meme. <laughs> I've seen I've seen literally no evidence that your coach has any idea what he's doing. Zero. And and you're a historically mismanaged franchise. Sure. The idea that things are looking up, Detroit fans, are you out of your goddamn mind? Well, and Matthew Stafford is evidence of that. He literally won a Super Bowl the minute he left your team. It's a, dude, new, honestly, new champs. Give you guys the belt. You might be the most delusional fan base in all sports. Now, these are just a couple people, but the Reddit was not. I, I, I'd argue, I'd argue you don't even want, what do you want to win six games for? Yeah, you need a quarterback. I'd, I'd argue, a, I'd argue a smart Lions fan wants to go. One in sixteen get a new coach and quarterback. I, yeah. I agree. I, I I agree with Cat Jason Kidd. Yes, you need a new coach and a new quarterback. You know how you get those by firing your old coach and drafting a quarterback. Unless your hope this offseason is Aaron Rodgers rapes thirty people and Which suddenly still, and suddenly has to get sent to the fucking Lions. He's gonna play eleven games still then. 
No, I'm saying, and then suddenly it's Deshaun Watson and oh. has to join the Lions next year. Otherwise, you got to draft a QB, right? Oh, yeah. When the most important position on the field is your most glaring hole, that's not good. Are the Lions immediately improved this year if, forget money, immediately improved this year if uh, the 49ers lose their mind and just say, we'll take Jared Goff straight up for Jimmy J? Yeah, they're better. Yeah, they're better. And saying you need a new coach and new quarterback, that's like saying I need a new engine and a new steering wheel. (laughs) Bro. (laughs) Like that car's not going very far. I just need a new engine and a new steering wheel. What? Yeah. I just need a new engine and I need four tires. (laughs) What what are we? (laughs) Wait, what are you talking about? You have a car in your driveway on blocks with no engine in it? Yeah, but dude, I'm an engine. I'm an engine and fucking new tires away from winning the fucking Indy 500. (laughs) Hey, dude, what are you talking about? You haven't started it. How do you even know? You don't even have an engine. Oh, I love it. I love delusional fan bases. I love it. Actually, now that I'm thinking, I think you are right. Remember remember the Lions fan who called in to go off on Randy Ruther? Or Randy called to go off on the Lions fan? Wasn't there some Randy Ruther Lions fan? Was it on Twitter? Dude, I'll tell you what. As a guy who lives, you know, in the greater Hollywood area, a guy who exists in the Hollywood business, I am being handsome and being a halfway decent actor away from being a fucking star. It's like, what? Yeah. If I, was just, if I was just better looking and I could act, I swear I'd be famous. It's unbelievable. Hey, Lions fans, I'm here for it. Bring it. Bring, bring all the I takes. was going to say that before we started. I was like, this has shown me that I think this might be our money-making opportunity. Like, I know we said we were stopped betting, but if you want to bet the over, what was it? Seven and a half? Six and a half. You want to bet the over six and a half? I feel like we should use like the Thust Fund to just front these bets. Like, let's go. Put all your, let's put all our bets in. I have to wager a new house I just bought. Yeah. Roscoe needs fucking new pancreas. Like, we didn't fucking. (laughs) Seriously, 310-359. Eight three six five. We're That's the blown. amount of money that we're willing to bet against the Lions. It's a three thirty-one million eight hundred thousand. <laughs> Randy Ruther just texted us. F that Lions fan. I called him a retard, and you wouldn't play my message. Oh, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he went. You went a little too hard at him, man. I was trying. You know, I was trying to protect. I, I still try to protect. Dirt balls like my children sometimes. Oh, unbelievable. Oh, this is great. Joe, this will give me something. This is kind of like the Jameis Winston thing. You're right. Jameis one-on-one where like we really enjoy the interceptions. Now I have, this is all it takes. Now I have a vested interest. Uh, but like, here's the thing. I don't even care. Games. I don't even care. Like, I don't even care. Like I, oh, I, 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 hope, I hope for Nathan and cat chasing kid that I hope they're like, in a in a way, I hope that they're right. And like, great. I hope you guys win 10 games. The, the only problem is, I just like, there's absolutely no reasoning behind it. Yeah. I mean, listen, the giants were bad last year. The giants were a last place team, but the giants have, you know, a history of figuring out. This is the equivalent of me saying the giants are going to go 14 and three and play in the NFC championship game. This is the equivalent. Oh, dude, this news just gets better. My first hard knocks. Is it tonight? Is it? Oh my God. 
creeps up on you, huh? That's crazy. I think it's tonight. Oh, yeah. It's tonight. Amazing. There you have it. We got something to look forward to tonight, which means Detroit Lions fans, we will probably be doing a mini recap of yeah. the first episode. It's great. Oh, by the way, how how turned are Lions fans going to be? There's always the team, the the people that get turned based on hard knocks. Oh god, I'm telling you, this is a money making opportunity for us. This is unbelievable. Well, give us a ring 310-359-8365. and you can also follow us on Twitter with those hot Detroit Lion takes at the dirty sports or on Instagram, or you can follow us at Andy Ruther on Twitter. Joe is at fix your life. I am. And uh, it looks like Trey Mancini is going to the Houston Astros. Um, might have to mix in a slides this week, post deadline slides. So keep that up. You can follow me on all social media at Joe Prano, except Twitter where I'm at fix your life. If you, besides the new uh, Detroit lions uh, hard knocks, there's a couple of other things that you can look forward to. You can look forward to August 25th at the Hollywood Improv Lab. I have, uh, I'm in discussions and I think it's it's confirmed. It's soon to be confirmed, confirmed, but I think Lachlan Patterson, former Kooks Comedy co-host is going to be on the show. It's a great show. Basically, Joe Prano and friends. Uh, August 25th, Hollywood Improv Lab, 7.30. If you want to come, get your tickets now. Go to improv.com, get your tickets I would appreciate it. I would appreciate you getting some tickets early. If you're listening to this, uh, I will be at the comedy cellar in Las Vegas the following week, August 28th to September 3rd or 4th, I believe September 4th. Uh, also kind of sneaky little uh, thing. I did a Joe Prano podcast with Pete Sestaro this weekend, my new possible co-host, because as I said on the show, I was charged for a year of SoundCloud. So I was like, fuck it. Let's, let's bring it back. So if you need more podcasts to listen to, go listen to that. Uh, we talked all kinds of uh, great topics. Um, and then, yeah, keep your eye out for slides. Uh, if we're going to have to recap some of this trade deadline stuff. All right. Well, that is our show. We'll be back on Thursday with another full episode and definitely recapping from the Detroit Lions. Hard knocks. You guys have a great start to your week. See you in a few days. And as always.